0: You are listening to an HD Smartcast original. Did you know that every year humans emit over 43 billion tons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere? To put that into perspective, it's enough to fill 240 trillion bathtubs. tubs. Crazy, right? It's no secret that pollution and climate change are two of the horrendous challenges we face today. And while there are countless proposed solutions to combat pollution, the one we are about to explore today will truly blow your mind. And to add to the excitement, this groundbreaking technology is led by a bright and ambitious individual who, at just 24 years old, is already making waves in the industry. Let's dive in. Welcome to A Circular Revolution, presented by Indian Youth Climate Network, a podcast that explores the innovative world of circular economy startups. This podcast is supported by European Union Resource Efficiency Initiative and UNICEF India. I'm your host, Ankita Bhava, in candid conversations with inspiring founders who are changing the game and making our future more sustainable. So buckle up and get ready to join the loop as we dive deep into the world of circular economy. Introducing today's guest, a true environmental trailblazer. He's a young and driven chemical engineer who is passionate about taking action against climate change. With his extensive knowledge, management skills and experience in research and development, he has created an innovative solution to combat carbon emissions. Get ready to meet Ronak, the founder of Greenovate Solutions and learn how he is making a difference in the fight against climate change. Hi Ronak, how are you?
1: Hey, Ankita, I'm great. Uh, thanks for the exciting intro. I must say that it was something very exciting to hear about <laughs> my own self.
0: You know, we've talked a lot about circular economy in all the previous episodes, which in case any one of you haven't checked out, please do. So I was saying that we have talked a lot about circular economy, which involves reusing and refurbishing products to reduce waste. But I must admit, I'm not quite sure of what a carbon circular economy is. You are introducing me to a whole new concept here. So can you explain to me what the carbon circular economy means and why it's important in our efforts to control CO2 emissions? Honestly, just, just explain it to me like you were explaining it to a kid.
1: Okay, Ankita. So firstly thanks that you all are familiar with circular economy as such okay because uh, the trouble starts upon to actually explaining circular economy but i'll just try to narrow it down into into prep uh, into small portion up here as that circular economy is where we're trying to loop in the economy we're trying to keep the cash flow running inside the closed loop yeah and making sure that it it keeps recirculating and it keeps generating value out from that uh, what we do understand with carbon circular economy is also the same thing is that we're trying to keep carbon in a closed loop environment up here uh, because carbon as an asset and as a material or as a product uh, is also considered as to be and having an economic value to it up here. so what we're trying to do in this case is that we're trying to make sure that in a small closed loop sort of the cluster or a small loop uh, setting itself, the material flow of the carbon also keeps constant, the economic flow of the carbon also keeps constant, and so is the incentives, and so is the money, so is the job role, so is the involvement of the stakeholders, also keep running into the same part. Uh, Explaining it into the terms of kid is basically, uh, there are a set of five, six kids in the garden, and you're making sure that um, the carbon is moved along the hands of each and every kid, Uh, for from time to time to time to time to time okay so is that making sure that the there is no extensively further more emissions of uh, co2 or co2 carbon dioxide coming upon but the same carbon dioxide is just kept on moving around between the set of kids
0: Mm. and
1: each and every kid gets to play with the carbon dioxide that's all
0: (laughs) Thank you for making this seemingly complex topic look so easy to understand. And you know, it does sound like a really promising concept. So how do you envision a carbon circular economy achieving India's climate goals and mitigating the impacts of climate change? And how can we as individuals and businesses contribute towards its growth and success?
1: talking in terms of environmental impact and creating a mitigation problem mitigation impact or solving a bit on a mitigation level up here uh, co2 emissions are unavoidable okay mm. we can curb them cut them down we can reduce them down we can uh, try to try to minimize them as much as possible but it's uh, its stoppage is not going to be happening very soon up what we can do with the help of circular economy up here is that we can just maintain the emission levels and we can maintain a streamline of emissions uh rotating around into the economy and rotating around in the, in the system up here what sense does that make is basically uh what uh, specific we're looking upon for is one person's emission could be one person's raw material is something as an ideology that we are setting up on. Wow. Uh, let's let's give it an example up here by taking it a little more technical. I'll try to minimize it later again for for the kids also. Is that? Uh, you're having a petroleum industry or an oil and gas or a cement and steel industries. Now, uh, CO2 emissions from these industries are unavoidable. They are bound to happen upon. But what you can do on the other side is that you can make this emissions capturable, or you can, you know, trap them up, or you can you can store them up after capturing or something up there. So that the emissions which was directly supposed to be entering into the atmosphere, it is rather than atmosphering, but being stored upon at one place. Okay. Now, what you do after storing it at one place is that. You give it to somebody who actually uses CO2 in order to make something. Um, let's say these days a lot of people are trying to make uh, methanol, make alternative fuels, make decorative materials, or etc. etc. A lot of other things are being made where CO2, carbon dioxide, is actually consumed and is required as a raw material product up here. So uh, the economical circular model suggests that one industry's emission could be captured and could be stored in a particular manner, wherein that emission could be used by another industry, set of industry, as to be the raw material source. What Hmm. in in the circular economy we are suggesting is that we're creating a model which can actually, so in superficially talking, it feels good, but engineeringly and economically and at a higher scale where we be talking about maybe moving out 10,000, 50,000 tons of carbon dioxide across the economy. So yeah, that becomes a little complex situation, but yeah, creating up a model, creating up a system into place where this, this whole flow could be streamlined is what something that we are trying to see. And when this can be achieved is where we can actually try to acquire and achieve the targets of india's climate goals also i'll move to the business part i maybe come back to the individuals part later on mm-hmm. so businesses in order to do this need to work in hand to hand fashion up here uh, there has to be a collaborations uh, made upon there has to be some understanding developed upon because this is going to be a case where industries would be bringing interdependencies mm-hmm. onto each other okay what an individual level I have not particularly working out on some things on the individual lines but what I've seen so far is that there are a lot of other people who have created some platforms and who have created some certain places and uh, pages and such ways where individuals can also contribute in order to create circular not just circular economy but to track their carbon dioxide emissions but minimize their carbon dioxide emissions even individuals can claim on an individual level for carbon credits and uh, can also invest in carbon economy and everything. So those kind of platforms are also active right now. They are very efficient enough into even uh, maintaining and reducing and promoting per user on a per day 50 kgs to 10 kgs to 50 kgs of CO two emission reductions, which is if done on an extensive level, sure would be creating up an impact.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's never too late for any one of you to get involved. After all, uh, we don't inherit the world from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. Correct, Shanak?
1: Oh wow, you got it from my deck or is it somewhere already published? Yeah, it's from your deck. Oh, thank you so much.
0: So it's fascinating to hear how your company is pioneering the use of carbon capture technology to control emissions in this space. Can you explain to us in simple terms how this technology works and what role it plays in reducing carbon emissions?
1: Okay, so as the name suggests carbon capture technology, so simple it is that the technology tries to Capture the carbon. Okay, let's just say you open up a perfume bottle. Okay, what you see is the fragrance getting out from it, and you can just smell it around in the air or something. Now, what we're trying, what we say, capturing is like if you're trying to capture that uh, fragrance, if you're trying to capture that aroma from spreading around, and you want to capture it uh, whenever it's oozing out of it. So you want to pipeline the thing. Okay, basically, you don't want it to get get emitted into the atmosphere as in as but you want the aroma only to be taken upon to one particular place. You want to channelize it. You don't want it to spread around. So, the carbon capture technology also works in the same fashion is that uh, rather than letting the emissions uh, open into the atmosphere, we actually channelize it. Uh, where do we channelize it is into a capture system, okay. Now, is into this capture system what happens upon, uh, What? how do we say capture is again, a little bit of uh, chemical terms coming in where absorption happens and then desorption again uh, happens at the later stage, okay. So, what happens at the absorption stage is that, um, I can give you the example of a Coke bottle. We all know that uh, in our Coke bottles, a Pepsi bottle or Sprite or Mirinda, or whatever, uh, they are actually infused with CO2 inside it. So, CO2 is dissolved into the Coke. When you, Whenever you open the bottle, the fizz comes out, right? So, similar things happen upon. Uh, what we do is like we have an absorbent, which is a, a chemical liquid present. And what we try to do is like we make this emission pass through that absorbent. Uh, So similarly before when we were were trying uh, like in a coke how CO2 carbon dioxide is dissolved within itself uh, naturally and when you open up the lid it gets emitted out, oozing out. Uh, Up here what we do is the opposite of it. We actually make it that the liquid is there and we enforce that liquid with the CO2 gas. And what we force is that by pressurizing we force that CO2 to actually dissolve within the liquid. Now what happens is that there was a gas line which was passing through which was going to go into the atmosphere along with the CO2 in it and enter into the atmosphere. But now this gas is going to be passing through this liquid. And when it will pass through the liquid, the CO2 will be absorbed within the liquid. And the gas will pass after the liquid, the gas will pass out without CO2. I hope I'm making sense to you. But just imagine trying that... uh, you're passing up a gas stream from a liquid and CO2 gets uh, stays back into the liquid and the rest of the things comes out as a bubble from the liquid so that's a simple way how the technology works upon up here. It, it's almost the opposite of making of having opening up a coke bottle
0: wow i'm in awe of how you have turned a problem like carbon emissions into an opportunity for resource creation kudos to you rona kudos and it's amazing to see how your passion for chemistry and the environment has led to the creation of greenovate solutions uh, actually wait we haven't touched upon this yet so we are all ears to know what inspired you to pursue this path and how did you transform from a chemical engineer to a climate superhero, I would say. We want to hear your story, Ronak. I don't know about climate superhero
1: and stuff like that. But yeah, working in the sector of chemical engineering was the place where I was always exposed to industries such as oil and gas, cement and steel industries. So those, those were the sectors that we were always about to. Okay, but uh, the emissions part did not come upon from there. I'm, I'm a very automobile enthusiast. I used, I love cars and vehicles and everything and i wanted to work along on on vehicles specifically specifically on cars up there and uh, my 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 dean professor uh, was not happy of me of not uh, being very focused with my chemical sector knowledge but just being Passionate and just being crazily doodling about cars and uh, reading about vehicles, reading about supercars, etc, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, etc, etc. Et so it just started off like a spat or just like a fun joke between me and my team that, you know, how about we will take chemical engineering and put it into an automobile and see, like try to see the relation if there is something can be built up on something or not. So what we started off is like, where are the places where chemical engineering can be introduced into a vehicle? And then we landed up the emission part that in individual vehicles create some emissions. And then we were like, OK, how about we have some so many technologies available in industries? Uh, how about we take industrial technology and try to fit it up into an automobile? So It was just a very crazy idea for one fine afternoon. I was just quarreling with my dean and it started off from there and then i uh, then we did some calculations and measurements and everything and we came upon to some uh, some astounding numbers which uh, which uh, baffled us up which was that uh, the individual emissions from vehicles was very 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 on a higher scale and we were in shock with that now we were just thinking about if individual vehicle could create such an emission. That what would be the emissions on an industrial scale actually happen upon? And that two three evenings of a, of a friendly spat fight between me and my team actually laid <laughs> the foundations of working out on emissions for vehicles, for industries, for climate change. For IPCC goals, for uh, Paris Agreement goals and everything, 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 everything just started to fall after that.
0: Mm. And
1: yeah, so later on we finalized that that we want to work towards on the carbon budget. We want to make sure that we do not overshoot the carbon budget as a globe totally. And yeah, just trying to promote some technologies which can help us keep in within the carbon budget.
0: You're doing a great job and incredible things can come out of a spat. Who knew? (laughs) So as you continue to grow, are there any areas you are particularly excited to explore? Any opportunities you are hoping to seize in future? okay so yeah in the circular economical side itself so we started up as a technology company and we were just uh,
1: focused as as an R&D person and as an engineering tech background person we were just trying to make technology uh, for carbon capture up there but later on in the run we realized that it's not the capture part is going to be the only wholesome meat requirement but we're also going to be needing end-to-end solutions we're needing some logistics and storage and the extra supports uh, which is what actually led us entirely to creating to the circular circular economy part we were we were just uh, trying to make the technology first but now later uh, further into the progress we are now also trying to make a circular economy part platform and portal for the same things so yeah uh, what we are keenly looking for is some circular cluster based model so i don't know if i can talk about clusters is that as i'm talking about up here in businesses need to work in hand in hand and where where is the place where that happens Uh, mostly is associations and uh, you know partnerings and joint ventures and the other things i'm going again technical again so but associations are a place where a lot of industries of the same domain keep coming up together and keep coming up and working out some projects in coherence with each other in collaborations with each other what we have seen in order to create circular economy is something of an attitude amongst the businesses of the same type is something that would be required Okay, so hence the reason we are currently trying to seek some association development, some places which are highly industrial cluster places specifically and up there we can act it would be when such an hand in hand coordination is already some sort is already in place, uh, then bringing those businesses and players stakeholders to come together and execute out a, another set of work. Uh, It becomes a little more easier, that is the general approach. So, so far we're trying, we've narrowed down like right now with the Gujarat cluster. Which mm-hmm. is what we, which we are saying, because uh, Gujarat on the Gulf of Kutch and on the on the western coast of India actually houses a lot of oil and gas refineries, uh, oil and gas projects, and oil and gas companies. It also houses steel and cement companies, and also a lot of textile companies to the southern part. When you come to Surat and other Valsad and all of those places up there. Um, these are the industries are preventive about creating some CO2 emissions. And since these industries are working already in association formats and you know, in a very, very close, some harmony, very competitive harmony. again, Okay. Very, very friendly, but very, very competitive harmony also. And mm. these are the very first entry points for us on the carbon circular economy point. So far we have just been technology partners and technology developers, but now we are entering into a market with the circular economical approach. So these are the two projects for which we are sort of very excited and will be looking forward for them.
0: So what have been some of the biggest hurdles you have faced while implementing this technology across such a wide range of industries? So as a young entrepreneur, you're 24, right? Uh, how have you navigated these challenges?
1: Uh, yeah, in this carbon circular economy framework, uh, as I mentioned, for a larger scale, it's still not yet in place. And it becomes very difficult right now unless and until some extra incentivizations and some uh, extra benefits are also put into picture. So, yeah, so those are the like places where we are trying to still face some difficulties and hurdles mm-hmm. up there. Uh, is to create up a network, is to create some associational development, although those are the also the advantages points. But yeah, since they are they are limited, they are also the weak points up here, right?
0: So, as someone who has paved the way in the carbon circular economy space with Greenovate Solutions, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs looking to enter this space?
1: See, the carbon circular economy, I would like to say that as many people as want well as they want to join and that's the that's the best thing right now uh, we are very much short-handed we are very much uh, uh, in the crunch of time also okay uh, considering the global climate goals okay we are running very short of time and we are running very short-handed up here uh, so on the side on the lines of simply saying about that there are multiple opportunities present, there are multiple requirements, there are needs, there are short gaps, there is abundance of scope available in order to do something on these lines. So you should just have the passion of uh, working out for climate, uh, working out for CO2 decarbonization, working out for creating up a circular economy. And let me tell you all, uh, there is so much a shorthanded and there is there are so many gaps available into the, the entire system that there are only gaps and gaps right now. <laughs> okay mm-hmm. so as many people as can come in and fill in those gaps so you can have either the business entrepreneurial mindset of uh, carbon auditing or you can just have carbon taxing as to be one thing or mm-hmm. you can just have logistics as one thing uh, and these days storage is itself also coming upon one thing if you're not a technology person and if you are just into uh, just into economics part then you can as i mentioned auditing could be carbon auditing is one of those mm-hmm. there are also architectures coming into this. so in the whole carbon circular economy as i mentioned it is a game of lot of stakeholders to come together yeah. and lot of stakeholders have not yet come together mm-hmm. and you know we need people who can fill up these gaps so just pick one gap which pleases you the most and just start working out that yeah. that's the biggest uh, biggest advice i would like to give Second advice would be yeah, or when you come and try to bring others also with
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. Ronak, you have successfully established yourself as a thought leader in the circular economy space. So, And I also heard that you attended the Agents of Change workshop on circular economy by the Indian Youth Climate Network this year. It was a really insightful and exciting experience. I was there too. In fact, I'm, I'm just so bad that we did not catch up. <laughs> so I'm curious to know what were some of your biggest takeaways from the workshop and how have you been able to apply those learnings to your own work or maybe you know in educating others i was there actually to gain some learning
1: for my own self up there uh, because i when i when i was there i was very new to the circular economy ideology and i had in fact attended as a researcher as a as a tech guy to just understand what circular economy is and yeah so the workshop actually helped me up to get some great great insights who get some understanding of great topics of the circular economy. And yeah, that is what lead led us to, in fact, bringing up and developing up our own uh, circular economy. So we're trying to look upon through those learnings and this build on their on that own right now.
0: Wow. That brings us to the end of today's episode. And before we wrap up, I'd like to leave everyone with a quote that I believe captures the essence of Ronak's work and his impact on the world. So it goes like, the greatest threat to our planet is the belief that someone else will save it. Uh, Ronna, thank you so much for being one of the people who is taking action and making a positive impact. We need more people like you. Uh, but before I let you go, please share with our listeners where they can find you and understand more about your work online.
1: Well, you can just look up on for Grenovate solutions. Uh, and if particularly, you can look up on for grenovate.in, that's our website and you will find us and we'll be happy to connect with anybody who wants to seek more information or join hands with us in order with our combating climate change journey. Uh, We'll be happy to connect. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Remember, it's all about joining the loop. Thanks for listening and remember to tune in next time for another fascinating conversation with a new sustainability innovator. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and remember to tune in next time for another fascinating conversation with a new sustainability innovator. For more updates on a circular revolution, you can follow HT Smartcast and Indian Youth Climate Network on Instagram and LinkedIn. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.htsmartcast.com. Or suno naina se. This was an HT Smartcast original. HT Smartcast.